When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Ball Down Live right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a top of the charts Tuesday. We play jams that reach the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. Thanks to my man Patrick, who's DJing a top of the charts Tuesday. He's the idealionaire. It's uh, his uh, idea. The, all the musically themed days of the week are his idea, and he does a great job for us, and we appreciate it. You can always be a part of the show. Hit us up on the Spec Sex line, 512-337-3776. You also can hit us up via Twitter. Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. My man Patrick at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse, and I'm at Rod Babers also in the Twitterverse. Before we out of here at 6.15, to give you up for Texas baseball versus Incarnate Word, we will talk about the latest in the Lamar Jackson updates. As a matter of fact, if we can't get to them uh, uh, coming up uh, in the 6 o'clock, maybe you run out of time, I might get to them in Rod's Ram the Day. I might hit them just a little bit. Or with the Cowboys news in Rod's Ram the Day, save the Lamar Jackson updates for 6.05. And yes, there's been a strange very weird update in the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes, but one that's expected considering he doesn't have an agent. So there you go. Facts. Yeah, right? It actually, no, look, it actually should have been expected considering he does not have an agent. He is his own agent. So we'll get to that NFL news notes and nuggets coming up. Roger Goodell also uh, is getting an extension. Not all the owners are happy about it. We'll get into that one too. But let's talk Texas uh, spring football first, gentlemen, because they started up their post spring break practices. We did get uh, two uh, really good tidbits of information. Uh, Malik Murphy is back. Practicing with the QBs. Matter of fact, we'll hear from Steve Sarkeesian talking about that. Uh, we played that cut for you earlier. And Jonathan Brooks also back practicing with the running backs. We'll get to uh, both of those uh, cuts of Sark talking about uh, those two players. But there's another player who was also not necessarily back practicing, but he was seen by members of the media doing some drills and out there actually uh, running some routes. I think he had his knee brace on, but he was still out there. Isaiah New York. Um, was out there as mm-hmm. well. Uh, and that's a really good sign for uh, the Longhorns offense is that he's in out there. So uh, here is Steve Sarkis. He was talking to the media today. Here's him talking about a lot of the guys who are coming back from the injury. This was a big day. Like he had three different mo- multiple players, really important players, projected starters coming back from injury. Uh, Malik Murphy, Jonathan Brooks. Here's him talking about Isaiah New York. So. Uh, oh, um Cut three. Oh. It's, it, we're monitoring reps, obviously, but it was, again, good to get him. You know, he looked as good as he's looked. In that, that's, I think his rehab has gone really well for him, not only physically but mentally. Anytime you have surgery like that, um, as much as it is the physical rehab, it's the mental rehab. Um, but I think that, that he's dialed into it. I, I think that you know, gradually working him back in, uh, at the rate that we're going is a good sign for where we need to be come the fall. 
It's a good sign, and um, there are a lot of people that believe. I heard Josh Pate. Are you familiar yep, with yep, Josh yep, Pate? Yep. Does a really good job uh, covering college football. Pate you. Pate you, <laughs> yes. Uh, he does a really good job covering college football, and one of his hot takes uh, for the offseason is he believes Texas has the potential to be the best wide receiving room in the country. Yep. With X-Men, with Jay Witt, uh, bringing A.D. Mitchell over, mm-hmm. uh, throwing a healthier Isaiah Nayor. Uh, I mean, that's... You're that, looking at Jontae Cook and what he's Jonte possibly Cook, capable of doing. Great point about the young guys. The young guys, more. Yep. He's in there. He's in the mix as well. So, I, I'm... I'm glad to see it. I'm glad to hear it. But most importantly, I'm glad to see that Isaiah Nayor with his knee and him being able to go back to practice. And as Sark said, working him in slowly, just making sure that he's he's moving in the right direction so he can be ready for the season. Yeah, and a healthy Xavier Worthy is going to be big too. I mean, last year I was just kind of looking at the – the the regression, the precipitous drop off in Xavier Worthy's production because of the hand injury we know about now. Uh, we won't get into why they were still force feeding him the football with the hand injury. We've gone over that and we beat that dead horse. But I went and looked at of the thirty most targeted FBS wide receivers out there, um, and this is FBS, so Power Five and Group of Five. Xavier Worthy had the third lowest completion percentage among that group. Um, completion rate when targeting him, 53.1%. He had the lowest single-season receiving yards of that group with 760. Third lowest yards per target, 6.1 yards per target, and the fewest receiving yards per game of that group. Yeah. It, it, was, it was a, like I said, a precipitous drop-off. And when you look at and it's it's hard to put together because that was – Quinn Ewers having his struggles uh, when targeting Xavier Worthy, and then there was Xavier Worthy having his own individual struggles, and now we know the broken hand being a big part of that. Mm-hmm. And I remember Sark saying this too when they were asking Sark, you know, what went wrong with the passing game? And maybe it was, I forget what game it was, maybe it was the Oklahoma State game, or maybe it was another game where he says in the post game, it was, it was always something different. So, you know, one play would be Quinn Ewers making the wrong read. One play would be him making a bad throw. Then it would be X-Men dropping the ball. Then it would be another guy running the wrong route or running a guy running a bad route. Then it would be the pass block. And it was always a different variable that led to the regression of the passing game. And some stats back that up. You look at catchable ball rate. This is sports information solutions. You look at catchable ball rate um, based on wide receiver-related uh, incompletions. Quinn Ewers was number one mm-hmm. in the country, 6.33% wide receiver-related incompletions. Wow. Yeah. If you look at catchable ball rate uh, per Sports Info Solutions, uh, Quinn Ewers, 120th in the country at catchable ball rate himself. So him just th- as a quarterback, catchable ball rate on his own, he was 120th. And if you looked at catchable uh, ball rate and wide receiver-related incompletions, Quinn Ewers also was top in the country in wide receiver-related incompletions. So the wide receivers had their fault, and he had his fault in mm-hmm. basically uncatchable balls. So they got a lot to fix in the passing game, and I think it has less to do with the O-line. I'm saying more to do with Quinn Ewers and his timing and his ability to throw open wide receivers. Um, within the construct of the offense. Yeah. So there you go. Random stats there. We're doing some deep diving. Well, one of the things that I'm I'm looking most to is a new and improved Quinn yours. You know, we were talking earlier in the first hour about Malik Murphy being back and being out there pushing, and it's the same thing when you start looking – 
at uh, Arch Manning. You start looking at what Quinn Ewers went through last year, the fundamentals, and the same thing that you and I have been talking about for a very long time is making sure that you are fundamentally sound with your footwork and your base. And that is something, too, that this is the time for Quinn Ewers to make sure that he's getting all the coaching that he can possibly have so we don't have to look at that and say, oh, man, his footwork is getting bad again. We don't have time for him to work on it during the season. This is the time for him to make sure that his footwork is in the right place. Totally agree. It's a great point. Uh, Speaking of quarterbacks, uh, Malik Murphy, really good news. He is back practicing with the quarterbacks after being away from the team because of injury. Um, Here is Steve Sarkeesian, who was asked about Malik Murphy and his progress and how he's doing now battling back from that injury. I think, you know, I'll talk about Malik here real quick. I'll talk about real quick first. It was great to have Malik back out there. You know, again, um, he had a minor setback at the end of winter conditioning. Um, we were probably uh, a little bit conservative with him that first week, thinking, okay, um, if we back off him the first week of spring ball and give him spring break, then he can get back and, and be going back again here in the second week of spring ball. So that was positive to have him back out there. I think I think one key, you know, and I know we like talking about the quarterback position, open competition is really healthy for everybody, right? Everybody should feel like, man, if I can pu- push myself to perform at a higher level and ultimately push the guys around me, whether the guys in front of me on the depth chart or behind me, that everybody's play should step up. And it's easy to point to the quarterback competition. Every position's an open competition. I can't tell a guy right now, hey, at whatever position is, he's the starter regardless. Everybody should be striving to be the best that they can be. We've got a long way till we play, right, in, in September. So ultimately, yeah, can Malik push Quinn? Of course he can. You know, how far can he take it? Quinn's job is to keep raising his level of play so he can't catch him, right? And that should be at every position across the board. I agree with that. Yep. Uh, what are your thoughts about Malik Murphy now being added to the mix of the quarterbacks there and taking second string uh, reps behind Quinn and Arch is taking the third string reps? I'm glad to see it. I'm glad he's back out there. I'm glad he's getting that opportunity. I'm glad he's looking, being looked at as the possible backup quarterback. And I think this, too, goes to Sark's way of thinking because, remember, during the bowl practices and we kept hearing about Jaden Blue, he's going to get a run. He's going to be this. He's going to be that. And I kept thinking Jonathan Brooks. We didn't know about his injury situation. So that obviously changed when he got to the game. But he started Keelan Robinson because he felt like that was a reward for him. You know what I'm saying? So those types of things. So for me, I'm looking at it and saying, okay, maybe this is Sark's way of saying Malik has been working his butt off. He's done some things. He's been here. He knows the offense. This is his second year in it. Let me go ahead and move him, bump him to that second spot. Now Arch is over there looking like, hold up, man. I'm about to go out here and I'm about to take that second spot while Malik is trying to be the first spot. And Quinn's like, the hell with all of y'all. This is my spot, so don't worry about it. But, again, you talked about this and you talked about your time on the 40 Acres and where uh, Rod B was in that room and looking around and saying, "Uh uh-oh, here comes some more players. I got to step my game up. I got to spend some more time on the film, making sure. And I'm going up against Roy Williams every day, Sloan Thomas, B.J. Johnson, and iron sharpens iron. I think competition is good. I think it's very important for all of these players that are involved. 
And I, I, I think Texas is now at that point where that room looks totally different than what we looked at a few years ago. This room looks totally different than what we looked at it five, six years ago. Now we have legit competition in the quarterback room with some top-tier talent that we're like, okay, okay, this is what Texas needs to look like, yeah, right? No, That's the honestly, look yeah. is there. They passed the eye test. Yeah, no, in terms of quarterback talent, honestly, the truth is, it's just overall talent. I'm not talking about specific arm talent. Right, right, I'm not right, talking about right. accolades. I'm just talking about just the, the, the ceiling of all these guys because now you have Arch Manning, you got Quinn Ewers, and you got Malik Murphy who's also got a really high ceiling as well. You know, I don't know if Texas had this much talent in the QB room overall um, than when they had, you know, Man, when Vince Young, Chris Sims, and like Chance Mock were all right, in the right. quarterback room, I know it sounds crazy, but those are all five star quarterbacks mm-hmm. going back and recruiting. Um, and these are all basically kind of five star caliber quarterbacks, too. I know Malik Murphy wasn't officially a five star, but whatever. But um, <clears throat> I think they all have that kind of ceiling. And that's what Sark wants to be able to mold is just, just kind of the raw materials of all these quarterbacks. And, yes, they're all pocket-passing quarterbacks, mm-hmm. right? We know the type. Sark's got a type of quarterback that he likes. And now all these quarterbacks in this room are quarterbacks that are his type. Remember, he, Hudson Card wasn't his type of quarterback. Right. Neither was Casey Thompson. That wasn't his type, right? We know his types of quarterback. He wants pocket-passing quarterbacks. I'm sure he's worked with other quarterbacks. We know that. But if you give him his preference, that's what he likes and I think you know like I said you give me my preference you'll probably see I got a specific type of woman I like whatever that may be uh, he's got a type that he likes alright I like big booty brunettes but yeah, but I'm saying my point is he likes these types of quarterbacks and all these quarterbacks now are his types of QBs right and they fit the mold yeah, and I don't care which one wins the back of quarterback. I think it's going to be a heated competition now, and I'm glad Malik Murphy and Arch Manning are going to fight it out. But you're going to need whoever wins that job, and that's why I'm glad they got the competition because they're going to be they're going to have to be ready to play. I hope not good wood. They don't have to play an extended period of time. Hope it's a game here or there. They got to play. But the truth is, last year in the Big Twelve play, only one team that was Iowa State went the entire season without having to play their backup for injury concerns or for productivity concerns. And for Texas, it's 19. 19- 1999, only six times have you had a quarterback start the entire year. Uh, so it just you're going to need that backup. I don't know when, yeah. and I don't know why, but you're going to need them. No doubt. So We've seen it, it every time. Yeah, get them ready to play Yeah, because we know it's almost a guarantee. Uh, oh, another guarantee is Texas going to run the rock. We know that with Steve Oof. Sarkeesian. Um, but he lost his best leader, which was a running back, and his best player, which was also a running back. Rojo and Bijan both gone, and they will be on NFL rosters uh, next season. Um, here is Sark when he was asked about uh, Jonathan Brooks returning. That's big. Remember you talked about you know Jaden Blue uh, and his uh, contributions, at least what we thought uh, possible contributions could be from him and then Alamo Bowl, Keelan Robinson one of those guys that can be uh, more of a utility or a hybrid player and CJ Baxter coming in number one running back in the country they need a workhorse but I think I do think it'll be a collective kind of money ball approach to the running back position so they're gonna need all these bodies here is uh Sark talking about the return of Jonathan Brooks to that group I thought Jonathan looked good today uh you know first day back um obviously you know coming off the surgery in the offseason um he looks strong. Um, you can see, feel like his body's changing. Um, definitely a confident player. He's going into year three, um, and that, that again, that, that's a positive thing. That that room has got great competition as well. You know, we don't have Keelan out there yet, um, but to have Keelan and Jonathan and Blue and Cedric Baxter, Savion Red, I mean, that 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 room's going to be solid. And we know 
there's going to be you know a new face or two or whatever it looks like compared to what it looked like a year ago so to have Jonathan back is is a real positive for us there you go. And they're going to need him. I mean, Jonathan Brooks is he's he's fantastic. I do think Jonathan Brooks is going to be a next level back. And I, I think CJ Baxter is going to be a next level back too. My only concern is losing the elite tackle uh, you know, tackle breaking ability <laughs> of a guy like Bijan Robinson Rojo. Yeah. I mean, those guys can break tackles as well as anybody. Um, and they were one and two, if I'm not mistaken, right? No, I went and looked at a stat, and I uh, went and did some deep diving. If you would look at missed tackles forced per touch with running backs of at least 225 touches, power five running backs only here uh, since 2015. So you're talking about you know going all the way back to 2015. Uh, Rojo is number one. Uh, and Javante Williams, that running back out of North Carolina, he's number two, and Bijan Robinson is number three. Going back to since 2015, these are the best running backs at breaking tackles. So I just don't think Texas, and I kept saying this before the bowl game, I don't think Texas fans are truly understood the impact of losing Rojo and Bijan and their elite ability to break tackles. We saw it in the bowl game. Yeah. All right, that offensive line, they really couldn't do anything in the running game because you now you did have a lot of injuries too because Jay Brooks, Jonathan Brooks ended up with an injury, and I don't think Keelan Robinson's built for that role to be a workhorse. But so many times, and I would say probably five to eight times a game easily, a Rojo and a Bijan would turn a play that was a negative play and a minus play into not only a positive play but almost an explosive play at yep. times. You missed that in the bowl game, and that's why <laughs> yeah. your running game lacked. And Sark lacked the imagination, the creativity, innovation. I say he ain't got it. He's got it. Yeah. I expected him to get in his bag after Rojo and Bijan were going to miss the bowl game. He did not get in his bag at all. Maybe he left his bag somewhere else. Maybe he forgot his bag like <laughs> I do when I go to H-E-B and I forget my bag, and I got to go in there and get another bag. I don't know what they going to happen to Maybe his bag Maybe he forgot in the bowl it game. and left it on the plane like I did my wallet. Maybe he forgot on the plane. Too. <laughs> I don't know. What. Maybe it was Steven out there and yeah. not Sark, and Steven don't have a bag and Sark's got the bag. I don't know what happened to his bag, but he did not get into his bag of tricks and innovative, creative uh, cheat codes for Texas in the run game versus Washington without Bijan and Rojo. But I'm telling you right now, he's going to need him coming up this mm-hmm. season. And if he comes to that lame, vanilla uh, run game and expect the Rojo and Bijan to break it up like they did all last season on the season before that, then that is going to be a that's going to be a dang coaching mistake. You're gonna need a ton, you're gonna need a money ball approach. All these guys, Jay Brooks, Keelan Robinson, you're gonna need Baxter, you're gonna need uh Jaden Blue, you're gonna need all of them, first of all. And you're also gonna need a ton of innovative, creative run concepts, imaginative run concepts. If you don't get that from Sark, y'all gonna be all y'all gonna be disappointed. All y'all. I guarantee <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna look like that Alamo Bowl. Right. That's exactly right. what it was. I think Sark went to Elmo thinking, oh, we run. These are the concepts we run all the time. These are our bread and butter run plays. We're going to go out there. We're going to run what we run. O-line. Y'all used to run it. This Y'all know how to block do. it. It's what we do. Yep. Bullet ball, baby. He's like, no, it ain't bullet ball. It's Bichon ball. Yeah. It's Rojo ball. <laughs> that was their damn ball. It ain't your ball. Yep. You're going to get your bag of tricks that you forgot at the house. Yeah. All right? <laughs> you bring that next time because we're going to need that when we run the ball. Yep. All right. I so love it. Random. I love there. it. All right. Random rant there. But 
That's what I think they're going to need. They're going to need a lot of inno- imaginative concepts, innovative concepts. Sark's got that stuff, by the way. He definitely We've does. We've seen it already. We yep. just need more of it. Please bring it back. Right? <laughs> Please bring it back. Uh, all right. I wasn't getting to some more Sark sound. We can we can table that sound for tomorrow and get into uh, Sark sound oh, tomorrow. Oh, no. Bring it on, yeah, baby. Bring well, it on. He's got some stuff talking about the O-line, yeah, DBs, it. linebackers. Yep. We want to do some deep dive into that stuff, so we'll do it tomorrow. We'll save some of that sound for tomorrow. Uh, Raj ran the day. I'm going to compare. I've compared the Dallas Cowboys uh, to a lot of different things. Um, I'm going to make another comparison, something that is a trend with the Cowboys over the last decade. And I like the trend, but I'm going to compare them to one of, uh, you know, one of one of my favorite uh, retail locations. Come on. Actually, that I've gone to. If you're a ball on the budget, you will appreciate this, too. And the Cowboys, if anybody's a ball on the budget, it's the Cowboys. Yeah, they ball on a budget. But Catboy Catboy, Uh-oh. this off season, he's doing his thing. So we'll talk about Winning. that when we come back. Uh, we'll get into that. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on on the Horn. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, well, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back. Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Uh, The Cowboys have a lot of uh, tendencies as an organization, and uh, some of them are bad tendencies as an organization. They have kind of, I always say, the bad behavioral patterns, uh, bad habits as an organization. One of their habits as an organization that I actually like, that I think it's a good habit for them, is they are, because they're basically – Big time ballers on the budget, <laughs> the Cowboys are. Uh, whether you're talking about Catboy, Catboy, or you're talking about <clears throat> them not their inability or unwillingness to spend money in free agency, which is the most overvalued means of talent acquisition. Uh, you know, they want to make sure they uh, prioritize value and they're getting the most bang for their buck. That's why they love the draft. They love undrafted free agency. Their main ways to uh, acquire talent and build a roster. And now they're finally getting into the trade market because the trade market also is a great place. All right. To acquire value in terms of talent acquisition. But the Cowboys, for some reason, they hadn't really been utilizing the trade market. Now, this offseason, they're utilizing the trade market. It's great. So I, I love that they are finally doing this. I hope they make that part of their behavioral pattern as an organization and make that a habit. One of their other habits is they love to take discounted talent for whatever reason and r- basically revitalize it, 
uh, repurpose it, recycle it, refurbish it, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> the Cowboys are really good at that, and they find value there. And some people say it could be because Jerry Jones, he loves the talented yet troubled soul. So oftentimes, whether it's a Randy Gregory or it's a Rolando McClain or it's a Pac-Man yep. Jones, everybody else has given up on this great talent because of the baggage. And Jerry's like, no, 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 that player with that baggage, that's going to be a great value. That's, we'll get them cheaper with the baggage. Yep. Uh, and it, it, it's happened before. You've gotten guys cheaper with that baggage and gotten some quality reps out of them, quality sorts out of guys. So I think that's part of it, too. And that's one of their kind of organizational tendencies <clears throat> and habits. At, they, they do that. And like I said, sometimes they find value in that. Sometimes they don't. But it's a little nice little factoid. Now, give. I think it's uh, I think it was John Machota who threw it out there first. But the Cowboys have had 10 straight years where they've gotten another team's first round pick. They've acquired another team's first-round pick either via trade or via uh, free agency signing. They've signed another team's former first-round pick. 2014, it was Rolando McClain, eighth overall pick in 2010. Uh, Also that year, they signed Brandon Wheaton, who was 22nd overall in 2012. 2015, they signed Darren McFadden, fourth overall in 2008. 2016, they signed Mark Sanchez, fifth overall in 2009. 2017, they signed Jonathan Cooper who was seventh overall in 2013. Uh, they also signed Dayton Jones, uh, who was 26th overall in 2013. 2018, it was Amari Cooper, fourth overall. Uh, they acquired him via trade. They traded for Trayvon Austin as well, eighth overall pick in 2013. They traded for Robert Quinn in 2019. He was great for the Cowboys. He ended up getting a big deal the next year. 14th, 14th overall in 2011, he was picked. In 2020, it was Alden Smith. Uh, speaking of, you know, the uh, troubled yet talented soul. All right. The Cowboys love to uh, take a chance on those guys. Alden Smith, seventh overall pick in 2011. They acquired him in 2020. Also signed Joe McCoy, third overall pick in 2010. They signed the Dat- Tyree Poe, who was 11th overall pick in 2012. They also signed Cameron Irving, who was the ninth o- 19th overall pick in 2015. And Ha Ha Clinton Dix. 21st overall pick in 2014. In 2021, they signed Malik Hooker, who was a 15th overall pick in 2017. And they signed Keanu Neal, who was a 17th overall pick in 2016. And in 2022, Dante Fowler, third overall pick in 2015. Uh, They signed him. They signed Anthony Barswell, who was the ninth overall pick in 2014. And don't forget Xavier Rose, late in the season, 25th overall pick in 2013. And Takaris McKinley. When they brought him in for the other cornerback spot, uh-huh. 26th overall pick in 2017. 2023. There's some value. We added again. Traded for Stefan Gilmore, 10th overall pick in 2012. And, of course, Brandon Cooks, who was the 20th overall pick in 2014. What it shows you is the Cowboys, who I've said, they're one of the top five, top ten best drafting teams in the NFL. They really are. We make fun of them and talk trash on them, but they really are. And I've, I've given you the numbers. And if you look at undrafted free agents, uh, and they rank those classes. They also among top five, top ten, depending on how you're grading them, of undrafted free agency classes every year. So they're top five, top ten drafting, undrafted free agent acquisition team in the NFL. Where they fail to find value is in the free agent market, but they don't want to find value. There. As a matter of fact, they still have only resigned their own free agents. We like yep. our guys. We All right? love them. They're the most homegrown team in the NFL, so they don't want to go outside uh, for free agents. They want to sign their own free agents, so we don't really count that. 
all right, that's their own free agents. But they've done a good job of re-signing those guys. And where they're now finding value is, is in the trade market, of course, and there is tremendous value there because teams want to get rid of bloated contracts for veteran players, and they're always looking to make room for younger, cheaper players. So there's always a team going, is that guy too damn expensive? Mm-hmm. Did he really give us enough production for what we're paying him? That complaint happens Every year in the NFL with about a third of the teams. And all you got to do is find out who's a little disgruntled, either as from the player standpoint, right, Brandon Cooks, or from the team standpoint, the coach of Stephon Gilmore. We're paying him too much, and ah, he's aging. He's getting old. Somebody feels like that guy's too <laughs> old for that money, or there's a player out there who doesn't feel like he's being paid enough money he wants out. You got to find which one it is, either be it through the agent or through the exec and the team, and go to work. Mm-hmm. And the Cowboys are doing that right now, so give them props. And this is what I love about the Cowboys. This is one of the ways they, they find great value. And they trust their draft board is what it tells you. Right when they have their draft board up, whether it's five ever. years ago or whether it's you know two years ago, they're like, hey, this guy was high on our draft board. We'll take him. We'll bring him in because he was really high on our draft board. We like that guy. And they believe, whether it's with their training staff, we talked about they love their training staff. So they'll take a chance on a player who's an injury-riddled player. Remember Jalen, uh, what? What's his name? Uh, Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith, yeah. That's why they took him in the second round. They were like, no, no, no. Nobody else can make it work, but our training staff will make it work. We'll Mm -hmm. find a bargain there. Discounted uh, player, discounted skill set, we'll get value there. So whether it's a training staff or whether it's Jerry Jones believing they have a really good culture with the Cowboys and uh, everybody deserves a second chance. And he'll take the troubled yet talented soul who also is discounted because nobody wants to pay for that baggage. But there's another way. You You take first round picks who have basically either been uh, mis-evaluated, over-evaluated. They weren't scheme fits, uh, new codes, different situation. Whatever reason it didn't work out, it didn't work out, okay? And the Cowboys, they're willing to take a chance on that player that didn't work out, that oh, that other team couldn't make it happen for whatever reason. Scheme, coaching, over-evaluations, mis-evaluations. But Cowboys will make it work. And honestly, sometimes it does. Right. It works out that way. Now, with the first-round picks, it kind of reminds me of, you know, you, you get this when you, you try to take phones back in or computers back in. Like, if you try to get a new computer or a new phone, they'll often ask you, do you want a brand-new phone or do you want a refurbished phone? Oh, yeah. Oh, refurbished. And he's like, oh, what's refurbished? Well, refurbished means it was broken. So <laughs> it was broken. Then we repaired it, right? We recycled it. We repurposed We refurbished it. Now it's now brand new. It's like a brand new phone now. Yep. You can buy it, but you get it at a discount. You ain't got to pay the thousand dollars for a brand new phone. You can get this one for like 60% off, or you can get this one for 30% of what a new phone costs you. All right, that's what you get. You can do it for laptops too. They want they, they'll tell you it's refurbished, um, yeah. and honestly, it still gives you problems, but it's still cheaper than buying something that's brand new. And that's what the Cowboys like to do. They like to go out and buy the refurbished phone, the refurbished laptop. Yeah, you gave up on it. It's your old laptop, or you dropped it, or uh, you dropped your phone in water, took it back in. They told you, oh, we'll take it back. We'll give you a new one with the insurance, whatever. And you thought they threw it away because it was trash. Nope. It ain't trash. They actually recycled it. They fixed it. And now it's refurbished. That's the Cowboys with these first round picks that teams have given up on and decided, nah, we can't do anything with it. Cowboys are talking about, now. we'll repurpose it. We'll recycle it. We'll refurbish it. And they're doing a really good job with it. No doubt.
Um, so Cowboys, uh, I mean, they, that's why I told you when I sent you all that, I was like, I was smiling inside internally because of the joy that they have been showing me of using refurbished yeah. type of players. That's, I mean, and and it, they, they got something to prove. They do, but it's they not, got something to prove. I think it's a really. I've always admired this uh, particular method for the Cowboys to acquire talent. And, you know, it's with you. I hear Bucky talk about this all the time, and I used to do it when I was younger. My mom uh, would take us to, to Goodwills. Mm-hmm. We'd go shopping at Goodwills and everything. Mm-hmm. People take clothes to Goodwill. Goodwill sells them. People turn them in for free. Goodwill sells yeah, they, them at a profit. They, they, yeah. they make a profit. Uh, slightly used. Slightly used, there whatever you, you want to call it, and. Uh, Bucky talks about going to Goodwill all the time, but there is a in Westlake. There's a Goodwill, but they don't call it Goodwill. It's called GW by Goodwill. I'm not making this up. It's a boutique. It's a Goodwill boutique. I'm not making it up. People <laughs> in Westlake, y'all know this. It's probably the best Goodwill out there. It ain't a better right, Goodwill right. out there than the Westlake GW boutique by Goodwill. <laughs> That's the Cowboys. Yeah. All right? That's the Cowboys. They're getting this is this is GW by Goodwill. They're getting first round picks that everybody's giving up on and taking back the Goodwill for nothing and they getting profit for. It. They getting value from it. All right, so that's what I look at the Cowboys right now. They are basically that Westlake boutique. I think it's still. I think it's still there. I'm pretty sure it is. I mean, I'm sure. Oh well, first of all, I'm gonna drive by there. Goodwills don't really go out of business that often anyway, because they got like tax exemptions and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But the GW by Goodwill, the one in Westlake there. Oh, I assure you, it's doing pretty well. Can you imagine the good stuff they have in there? It is. Y'all should go check it out. I know y'all don't like going to Goodwill, but go. Oh, you'd be surprised how many people like going hey, to Goodwill. It ain't Goodwill. It's the GW. Boutique by Goodwill. <laughs> I, so I BS you not. I think it says that out front. It says GW by Goodwill. Yeah, yeah. They well, you down. know they got some nice stuff up in here, dog. Well, Westlake ain't want no Goodwill in their neighborhoods. They're like, hey, you can't call it Goodwill, right? Right. Call it GW by Goodwill. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want no Goodwill up in Westlake, mate. So it's the GW. Go check it out, though. You Go see what somebody out. said, Rob? Why are you out here giving out trade secrets? Hey, I'm telling you. <laughs> hey, I, the, Cow- the Cowboys have been they've been big on that for a long time. A lot of teams don't like to do it. I think the Cowboys have gotten some good deals from that. They have. They really have gotten some good deals yep. off just taking a team who has given up on their first round pick for whatever reason. Cowboys look at their draft board and go, man, you know, we had this guy as the first round pick too. Really? Yep. Let's go Let's go get him. Off the trash heap for cheap. Let's, let's go get him. Because they got something to prove too. When they, they come back, they're like, they're man, I know that I need to do better. And especially if you're going go to go to be a cowboy, you know you get paid if you go out there and play well. You They'll re-sign you. Look at <clears throat> what all these players have done to stay with the Cowboys. That's true. Malik Hooker? Yes. Got a contract again. Dante Fowler? Yes. Just got to re-sign this Donovan well. Wilson? Donovan, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Donovan, Cowboys? Except, right now, the Cowboys are making all the right moves. Somebody said that Philly is the Gucci store while y'all are at Goodwill. Congrats. <laughs> well said there, sir. I like it. Hey, I, I can't like get it. it. Hey, you know what? But I listen, the Cowboys got to the divisional round with Goodwill, and y'all got Gucci and y'all got to the Super Bowl. I would say value-wise, Cowboys still got good value. Oh, there. for sure. We're talking about value here, all yeah. right? Uh, value as opposed to yeah, the, the production and the uh the output that you're getting. So Love I agree it. with you about the Philly. That's a great little point there. I like that it was really good. All right, we come back. We'll get into another off the record on the other side, uh, right here on Ball Don't Lie 1490. Yo, Snow, they came around looking for you the other day. Word, word, bust it. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a Top of the Charts Tuesday. Wow. Informer. Well done. 
I love it. I haven't heard this song in a long time. Do you remember who's season former? We should know this, Harge. I mean, I know this. This is Snow, right? This is Snow. Good job. Yeah. He's a one-hit wonder. Yes. I mean, I can't imagine he had anything else. Uh, Also, the name of this album, Mm. 12 Inches of Snow. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 12 Inches of Snow. I'm not even going to get deep into that. That's a double entendre all the way, or tri- triple entendre potentially. I'm not getting into that one. There you go. Top of the charts Tuesday. My man Patrick doing a great job. Plays jams. They reached the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. Remember, guys, we're going to be off early at 6.15, so we got one more segment. Uh, we got one more off the record before uh, we get out of here. Uh, how about this? <laughs> Jimmy G's in Vegas now? You like Vegas. that, right? Uh, I, I, you know what? I, I like, like Jimmy G. I there. like Jimmy G in Vegas. I really yep, do. I, I do think too. I think Jimmy G still got you. A big Jimmy G fan. You have been I a am. Jimmy G fan from Since the start. Yeah, yeah, I will say that you are you and Joe Montana. Yep. You know, Joe Montana said Jimmy G needs to start for the 49ers. He's like he should start. They were like right. Trey Lance, out of Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. He still said it should be Jimmy G. Yeah, He's a big Jimmy G guy. Uh, and Hard is too. And by the way, Jimmy G's. He, I think he's got lots of proof because I think he's he's heard the the narrative about him. That he's a game managing quarterback and that he's a system quarterback and that he can't uplift a team, all that kind of stuff. And I think Jimmy G might be out to prove something this year. But anyway, that's my man Patrick and his Raiders. Uh, they can figure it out. But Jimmy G, apparently, he's already <clears throat> uh, made his uh, presence known in Vegas. Uh, apparently, there are some ladies <laughs> who are uh, famous for their work at the famous Chicken Ranch brothel. Uh, there in uh, yeah. Nevada. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the two uh, lovely ladies, Caitlin Bell and Alice Little, who work there, uh, apparently uh, they're really excited about Jimmy G being there. And they said if he accepts uh, their offer, that they are offering him um, <laughs> free sex forever <laughs> at the Chicken Ranch brothel. If you would use bluechew.com, you can. <laughs> <laughs> People are going to think that I'm setting hard up for these things, and I have not at all. He is not. I he is not, not at all. I have not set him up. But uh, yeah, so Jimmy G. Uh, Jimmy, listen, Jimmy G has dated women in the, old, oh, yeah, the adult entertainment industry. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, Jimmy G is so damn good looking. And yes, as a heterosexual man can admit when another man is good looking. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy G's uh, jawline, man. That's yeah, the brother got it going on, he's, man. An, he's an attractive man. And, he and he's a QB. He don't need this offer. Exactly. He's, he's a QB. And he's a pro athlete. He don't need this offer. <laughs> he's fighting him off with a stick. Exactly. In Vegas, too? Yes. Oh, man, he's fighting him off with a yes. stick. He really be just fine. He, he could put up some Will Chamberlain numbers if he wanted to out there. He how really do we could. know he have it? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why Jimmy G ain't elite. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe put up some Scottie Pippen type numbers four times a night. <laughs> that might be true. Oh, you sure Shannon Sharp said basically that's why Scottie Pippen had them back problems. <laughs> <laughs> it's because Larsa Pippen was making him Putting bang it out work. four times a night for 20 something years. Oh, Come yeah. on, man. I love it. I love wow. it. Wow. Okay, there you go. So Jimmy G, he don't need that, man. Jimmy G is uh, he's just fine. Uh, all right, uh, Patrick. You, you're still going to be a Raiders fan. Are you going to have another free agency fandom? Uh, I'm not going to have another free agency fandom. Okay. I will say I'm either going back oh. or I, 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 may, I may be just done. May oh. have no team. The really? Raiders The Raiders are just such a dumpster fun. They are. You did pick the wrong team. You picked it at the wrong you time. You did, too. Oh. At the wrong oh. time. Oh. They was in turmoil. They were. 
Soon as you saw Josh McDaniels, you should have ran the I, other I way. Thought, I thought Josh McDaniels, he had to have learned. <laughs> he had to have learned from his mistakes. No, nope. no, he is basically like doubling down. <laughs> he is. He's right. doubling down. He goes, I didn't work in Denver, right. but I'm going to do it here. It's going to work. Why? Why would it be any different? Uh, hey, I by know. the way, let's go look at the Patriots since Tom Brady left and tell me that that organization has run well. You guys know my theory on yep, uh, Belichickian yep. coaches. They I, I never, wouldn't trust any of them. Except never win. Saban at the college level is the only exception, really. But the rest of them, no, oh, man. They're, yeah. they're no, if Aaron Rodgers ends up on the Jets, they they could be third in that division real quick. I love it. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. See, the thing about the Raiders, though, I will say is I think there's a chance because their defense is still decent, right? Yeah. They, no, they've been decent. adding. Well, their defense played terrible last year. Like it played mm. terrible. They had good players on it. Good players they on put it. money on it, and then they hired uh, Patrick Graham out of from the Giants to be their DC, uh, and it just never. That's took. That's Josh McDaniels, though. And he, it just never took. And and then they didn't run the ball. The problem is too. Like Darren Waller wanted out, so they got rid of Darren Waller. Josh Jacobs is they gone next year. Tagged him. They franchise tagged Josh Jacobs, and he's gone next year. Yeah, like As for sure. Back, yeah. Just because, like, why? Why would I stay? I don't want to play for you. And you start over at quarterback too. You said, well, nope. but it's like he needs his guy. Jimmy G. Jimmy G's a stopgap, right? Jimmy you, G's you not. Figure, well, but well, if they, they don't give him. If they, if they don't trade up, gap. if He's, they don't trade up, they're not. I, at seven, they're probably not getting one of the four quarterbacks. Well, not this year, but I'm just saying, like he's he's not a franchise quarterback for the future. No, but if I mean, but also like if it's not this year. Josh McDaniels may get fired after this year. Oh, that's fair too. Like if they are, <laughs> they're yes, awful that again. Very fair. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. It's NFL, so you only got I think three and a half years is the average tenure for a coach. At a and job. when this guy destroys your franchise by coming in and getting rid of all the guys you built and drafted and did well with, and then can't do any better, but mm. always finds a way to blame somebody else. I'm yeah. Yeah. No. No. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. And I know if you think about coming back to the Texans, come on. It'd be like you know, back remarrying a, a, your, your ex-wife. You're divorced. It's okay. It happens. Some people have definitely people remarry exes. They divorce. Don't worry about what other people are saying about you. You can come back to the Texans fandom. We'll accept you. We'll I can't arms. quit you. <laughs> exactly. Come I on can't. back, baby. Come on back. That's just, right. Just you are welcome home. Yeah. Good draft. You are welcome. Yeah, home. you're welcome with the Texans, baby. Hey, I got a good seat on that bandwagon. I was going to say there's a lot of room left on that bandwagon, <laughs> dog, because a lot mm-hmm. of people jumped off. A lot. A lot of you saw it by attendance last they year. Did. A lot of people jumped off that bandwagon. You're right. Plenty of room on there, man. You got time, bro. And and no no Easter be so we're we're done playing the gospel and. In the in the, in the, he, Christ, the Christian rap on the bandwagon, yeah, yeah, he you, was the bandit. You got rid of Brandon Cooks was the last vestige of the Easter Bee crew. Yeah, it yep. right. That was it. He yep. was the last one. I think and so. Right. I think yeah. You, so there come you on. go. Come that on was back. A, that was a long experiment to get Casario, wasn't it? It was. I don't even know if it was worth it now. In the no, end. it wasn't. <laughs> I can tell you straight up, it was not. But well, that's what happens when you you have two flawed uh, flawed ideals as an organization. They tried to become the Patriots of the South. That's flawed. All right? And now they're trying to be the, the Patriots in Sin City. The uh, Raiders are. Well, now the Raiders, that's a good point. But the Texans tried that for, what, four or five years? It would even use that term, Patriots of the South. You sound like some losers. Quit saying that. Right? Showing up in them letter jackets and to get beat up. Exactly. Uh, and then they tried to become essentially a faith-based 
Uh-huh. NFL organization with yeah. Easterby, and they want to they want to make all of their decisions based on being led by the nothing wrong with that by the way Chick Fil A is a faith based organization that's hard to win games in the NFL being a faith based organization yeah and that failed miserably especially too. when the when your prayers are not being answered every <laughs> Sunday when the when the football gods don't like you <laughs> they, they don't like you uh, all right we come right back we'll have a last segment here we'll talk about Lamar Jackson we got a strange weird update but I would expect nothing less right here on Ball Don't Lie wonderful nothing Go, 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 shawty, it's your birthday We gon' party like it's your birthday We gon' sip a party like it's your birthday And you know we don't give up cause that's your birthday You can find me in the club, bottle full of bub Mama, I got what you need, if you need to feel the buzz I'm in the having sex, I ain't in the making love So come All give right, me love Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn We're off a little bit early today at 6.15 to give you up to Texas baseball Before we do that, we'll get back into some NFL news, notes, and nuggets uh, It is a top of the charts Tuesday We play jams that reach the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history And my man Patrick DJing a top of the charts Tuesday We appreciate his efforts and all of his creativity That's why we call him the Idillionaire We don't often get hip-hop with top of the charts Tuesday because I imagine most of the billboards top of the chart billboards number one hits are not hip hop because hip hop is a relatively new genre. Like, yeah, you like didn't get years old. You didn't get hip hop in the right in the number one until probably 2010s. Maybe I was gonna say maybe yeah, early 2000s. Maybe, you started to get some with like Nelly and stuff like that. More regularity, but yeah, yeah. but but also once you get past the year 2000, number one songs stayed number one for a lot longer than they used to. So, like, if you're going back to the 60s, mm. songs will be, like, max out at number one for, like, three or four weeks. And, like, a really big song will be, like, six weeks. And 2022, like, every song's at least 12 weeks. Is that because of the promotion of the jam? Like, once like once you get a top hit, yeah, and it's also, so many different promotions. People don't buy records anymore. So, it's, like, it changed the whole model with streaming of number ones that, like... They almost go viral. Yeah, they, like, they it's, to, it's, <laughs> weird, it's a weird thing of how they judge number ones change from... Well, it used to be, you know, you sold the record, and then people bought all the records, and then they went and bought new records. Yeah, now it's about streams. And, and now you stream it, but they and... just keep streaming the same thing over and over again, and you yeah. don't. It, it's just a weirder model of how it's done. And then there's just not as many like major labels that have bands out because major labels you needed to you needed the main reason most bands sign with major labels was for distribution, and you don't need distribution really anymore because everything's online. So it's not about getting your stores. Your song, your records in stores. Yeah, just getting so, getting, it, getting it heard, getting yeah. enough people to hear it. So to there's, it. there's a lot of reasons, but now it's yeah getting spins. Yeah, back in the day, yeah. you just have to go like nope. pay DJs to go. Yep. I think that's illegal. So don't say you were doing it. <laughs> that's what they were doing. They were basically like no. pay a DJ to never spin never payola. <laughs> exactly. There you go. That's what they call it. You put uh, a fifty dollar bill on a record. <laughs> you know what? As long as you get them spins, man. Uh, okay, how about this, guys? Jeremy Fowler went on ESPN. And he is now throwing out this, uh, I guess, latest update about the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. He says, quote, and then when you talk about good fits, I asked some executives around the league what teams would make sense for Lamar Jackson. And then you got some wild cards like Tennessee Titans or New England Patriots, teams that like to run the ball. You never know. Mm. Um, he also went on to say, um, the NFL executives mentioned Tennessee, who just cleared some cap space, um, and they have a new GM, run, Rand Carthen, who's working on the roster. They could use a running quarterback. They have experience with that in the past, and even a wild card like Minnesota. 
Kirk Cousins has one year left on his contract if they want to reestablish their identity. Man, Hmm. and then we got this. This comes from Pro Football Talk. Pro Football Talk is claiming that a yeah. an, a rep, a random representative of Lamar Jackson, well, Lamar Jackson is his own agent representing himself, but they are claiming, per multiple sources, a representative for Jackson has contacted more than one team in an effort to spark negotiations aimed at a possible offer sheet. The representative is not certified by the NFL Players Association. As one source explained it, the person has said Jackson does not, I repeat, does not want a fully guaranteed contract. Some regard this as a possible exercise in semantics with Jackson still wanting a very significant amount of money fully guaranteed, but not the entire contract fully guaranteed uh, a la Deshaun Watson. Yes. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, I mean, but that was what we thought. 200 million guaranteed is what we were guessing. We, he wants around 200 million guaranteed. Yes, yeah, so you're still going to pay a lot of money. Yeah, so it's, it's four years, 50 million, and your fifth year is an option without it fully guaranteed. <sighs> and- I think is what they were saying that he wanted. Yeah, so he still wants at least, he wants the most guaranteed money ever. Yes. Period. So whatever you think of it, he wants yes. the most guaranteed money. That's probably what you need to start saying rather than a fully guaranteed deal. Just say you want the most guaranteed money ever. Well, also, we know the Ravens were trying to collude to, to kill well, the market, too. So that was why they said guaranteed a bunch. They weren't the only ones colluding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you can't collude by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a great way to end the show. <laughs> I was going to give another report, but you won't get better than that. That's like George Costanza. You got to leave on top. That was great. You can't collude by yourself. <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. Well done, my friend. Well done. All right, what's on tap for you, Harge? I'm going to watch the World Baseball Classic, and I'm also going to watch Texas baseball tonight. Ooh, a lot of hardball for there hardball. I like That's that. Right, Patrick, right. what's on tap for you, brother? Well, I watch World Baseball Classic and probably some basketball. Oh, I like that. I, I watch, watch a lot of college, not as much NBA. Yeah, right. I'm going to watch World Baseball Classic, too. I'm excited about yep. it. Uh, and I'm going to finish watching Swarm, that uh, Donald Glover show. How was it? Uh, it's graphic. Okay. It's yeah. graphic. Well, I told you, I saw the opening. I was yes. like, oh, my In goodness. In a lot of ways. Very yeah. graphic. I'll say that. Uh, I want to thank all you guys. For this. Remember, the revolution I'll be telling about is about right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of each other. But more importantly, take care of each other. Uh, we love you guys. We mean that. Peace. 